Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Mike on Watch podcast. We're doing a special Facebook Live edition. I'm here with my friend and pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. We do a podcast called Mike on Much. You can find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube, much.com, which you're already on, presumably. Uh, yeah, Shane, how you been doing? Well, pretty good. I just got a, well, kind of a scary email I just got right before this pod, literally minutes before I got a call f- or an email from Frank. The one where the witch screams? <laughs> from from Frank's assistant. Oh. Just uh, Frank D'Angelo. Uh, if, if you've been following, if you don't know, I don't even want to explain it to you because you, you're basically nothing to the pod. You, you must be <laughs> extremely new. Well, if you are new, we have lots of guests. Every week we interview interesting people like Edgar Wright. We just uh, had Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. In fact, Edgar Wright directed a movie called Baby Driver, which is out right now and it's doing amazing things. But we also recently had another director. His name is Frank D'Angelo, and he's a bit, uh, been a bit of Shane's sort of like um, white whale, as they say in Moby Dick. You wanted to get Frank so bad on the show. Yeah. He makes all of these very fascinating movies. He's a very wealthy man and apple juice and all sorts of things, hosts a TV show. Shane finally locked him down recently, and he was on an episode, I believe, two episodes ago. But he does have kind of, like, I'm not saying he's in the mafia, but he does have that vibe of a, like what a mobster might talk about so just in your brain you get a little intimidated when you're talking to him sure not that he has any mob ties at all which I'm, i don't want to spread that rumor but i did get an email from his assistant saying can you please call frank mm. which for me i got a little bit of fear running through the veins just because the the pod was just released maybe he's unhappy with either the top or the tail or something he didn't know that was going to be included in the episode yeah but luckily, the phone call went well, and he seemed like he wanted to fulfill his promise to have lunch with uh, whoops with Max and I. Yeah. So that's something he was saying in the pod that we're gonna have lunch, we're gonna talk, and there might be a we might be working together on a, something in the future. Like hey, he alluded to something like that. This is how Goodfellas started, and we yeah. saw how it ended <laughs> for Ray Liotta, man. But yeah, so. Uh, that was kind of a cool thing. That That's exciting. Literally just happened. Yeah. So exciting things happening in the future. If you haven't listened, go listen to the Frank D'Angelo interview. Uh, get to know who he is. We set it up pretty good. The third person that is normally uh, on the pod with us is Max Kerman. He sings in a band called Arkells. He's in New York City right now, so he's not here. But we're doing this today without him because if you have been following along or even watching us, we used to do these quite a bit, actually. Like what happened? Every, every Friday. Every Friday. What happened? Um, I don't I don't know what what happened, Dan. Like that's kind of your gig. Oh right, <laughs> Dan, our webmaster, started taking Fridays off, so they went away. Uh, but we have been busy. We did the MMVAs. You can listen to the MMVA special, and we got a lot of exciting things coming up. Uh, if you've either followed along with us uh, for the last two years, we recently had a two-year anniversary for the Mike and Much podcast. Uh, or if you're new, uh, we're doing some really cool things. Uh, next week, we're going to Just for Laughs in Montreal. Yeah, we need help actually for that. Yeah, I think so. Because we're going to be talking to Jim Carrey. But already then, you know, the bigger the star, the less time you get with them. And we're only going to have five minutes with Jim and like three of his uh, like he's executive producing this show called uh, I'm dying up here. Uh, what's or the show called, though? Dying up here. OK, thank you, Dan. Yeah, uh, that was, wasn't even a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we have to deal with the actors on the show and give all of them equal time kind of. But clearly our main interest is in Jim. You don't say that out loud. But it's the like, truth. Hey, I'm the honest one here. That's Someone's got to be. So it's a junket. So basically we'll go into the room. It'll be in like a hotel room somewhere. It'll be Jim Carrey and then three of his uh, uh, the cast members of Dying Up Here. And 
we only got five minutes. You know, we're trying to grow. We're pretty low on the totem pole. They gave us five minutes. What are we going to do in five minutes? That's why we need your help. We're taking suggestions. <laughs> Give us suggestions of what you want us to talk to Jim Carrey and the cast of the show I'm dying up here about in only five minutes. Well, so we had an idea where we were going to this might be too ridiculous, but where Mike or I asked the questions using our ass. Because <laughs> if it's you've Ventura. seen it's Ventura, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or have them just answer questions by either saying, Alrighty then. Somebody stop me or what smoking. Was yeah. Yeah. Basically all of his catchphrases. But who knows how that would go. That might be insulting. We might never get an interview again. Who knows? But so that's just for laughs. We're going to be seeing lots of shows. We're going to get a lot of people on the show. Hopefully we get some interesting people like Colin Jost, uh, Michael Che from Saturday Night And Live. our first Oscar winner, we're going to talk to Melissa Leo. We're talking. Melissa Leo is also in the junket. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk to a lot of people. We don't know who we're going to get yet, but we're excited. And is Danny McBride confirmed? I think we're getting, um, we got to talk about that. Uh, so, more so than that, we do Just for Laughs next weekend, and then the weekend after that, we're reunited with our friend Max and the Arkells because we're going to Oceaga. So if you followed along to Coachella or anything that Mike and Much did down there in California, we're rolling it back and we're doing the same thing for Oceaga. Do we have any uh, guests lined up there? Well, that's a question for the producer, <laughs> Max. I'm not sure. I think we got five minutes with Jim Carrey. All oh, right, he's yeah. going to Oceaga He's too. performing, yeah. Nice, that's exciting. Yeah, it's cool. So, Dan, Webmaster Dan, do we have any questions for today? Oh, Ooh. thanks, Colin. And he wondered if you had any plans for any more on-location pods. Do you have any more lined up or any more, like, spots you would like to do interviews in? Wait, have we done interviews in weird places beyond Coachella? Coachella? Okay. No, I, yeah, I guess he was asking about, like, going off-site. So, yeah, we'll be running around Montreal for Just for Laughs, and then we come home for a couple days, and then we go back and do uh, Oshiega in Montreal. So if anybody's out there that listens to the pod, hit us up on the socials and, you know, let's meet up. Let's uh, say hi, you know? Would we ever have a, a fan on the pod? We could do that. That could be an interesting interview. Yeah, if you're at Oshiega, I think we're going to be hanging out in the Virgin Lounge, the Virgin Mobile Lounge. Is that what's happening? I think so, yeah. Okay, so nice. Lots going on, uh, which will be unfolding. And... Uh, just to promote what's coming up, on Monday, we're releasing the uh, episode with Jeremy Taggart, uh, where we speak to a lot of the Frank interview, sort of our post-mortem. Uh, and then we have Jeremy, who's the former drummer of Our Lady Peace, come on, and he talks about uh, his time in that band and other things. And that was Allison's question, what's coming up on the pod? Uh, so we'll get to Lauda. She thinks the change should take over more often. Oh, Lauda, you're breaking uh-oh, my heart. Uh-oh. Jeez. <laughs> you're trying to cause a rift in the group here. <laughs> Good question. Well, I feel like Frank is very guarded because he has been hurt in the past by press. Uh, he gets attacked quite a bit. And hey, man. Uh, hurt people hurt people. It's true. It's just a line from the film Greenberg. But uh, so Frank in the past, reporters have kind of approached him like they're being nice. And then later they'll write an article about him that turns out to be not so nice. So for the first 15 minutes of the interview... If anyone who listens, you'll notice there's no swearing. Frank is very ready for me to be probably more ridiculous than I actually was. And then once it gets comfort, once we both get comfortable, actually, the interview kind of goes off the rails in a very fun way, I think. But yeah, the biggest challenge was I'm intimidated by Frank. Like, Frank's a powerful man. And like I was saying, he does have that vibe of a guy who might kill you. (laughs) So yeah, that was a a little bit of a challenge. High stakes interview. Mm Mm-hmm. Couple more questions from Karen. Now that the Frank interview has finished, what's the next goal for the 
What's the next carrot? Wow. So, yeah, the next goal for the podcast. Well, for, for me, uh, yeah. I don't know about you, but... It's to take over more often? Yeah, <laughs> to take your job. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just, I, I don't really try to think of what's next. I find in my life, at least, things kind of just happen organically, and I just pursue them just because I'm the type that I get excited every so often about something and go to pursue it. I would think for you, it'd be just getting the biggest interviewers possible, like the biggest guests possible. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, when I think about the pod and doing it, I mean, literally, we started this on a lark. It's just something to, to do to have fun with our friends. And two years later, and almost 70 episodes, uh, it's kind of become its own thing. And so when I think, you know, how can it evolve? How can it get bigger? Uh, I think the possibilities are endless. Like, it would be amazing if, like, you know, maybe we went to, like, a longer format and the three of us did some sort of radio show. And then maybe that grows into a TV show. And, I mean, any sort of avenue where the three of us can keep doing this and hanging out with Webmaster Dan. Where did, where did Webmaster come from? I also like that. I like He it, referred to himself today yeah. as Webmaster. I know. So now he's forever going to be known as Webmaster, which like sounds that. like something from, like, 1998 or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I guess uh, for for what's next for the pod, we're always working on some things. We got some other things that the three of us might be working on, maybe delving into some different areas of pop culture. Uh, but you know, no wine before it's time. So we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll announce those things when also they happen. Also, a line from Greenberg. I got it from Randy <laughs> Lennox. <laughs> Is that from Greenberg? No. Ah. Good question. I well, don't know. I remember when it first started, it was I was just going to be kind of like a movie reviewer, like just movies. <laughs> and we did one where it was like I talked about Dumb and Dumber. Me and you had like it was almost yeah. like we were like Siskel and Ebert. So when we first started it, there's like there's like about like five demo tapes laying around where we played with different formats where like I kind of had a bit more of a story time where I talked about like getting arrested as a teen and it was more of like a monologue and then we had a thing where you came in and just you and me kind of Siskel and Ebert did Dumb and Dumber Part 2 or what's it called Dumb and Dumber or something? Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. yeah. But that ended up being kind of a funny review. Maybe we should post that for people. Could be interesting. It exists somewhere. Yeah, and that's when uh, I guess we started to realize maybe it's a little bit more interesting when things go deviate a little bit. Because I had a story where it seemed like my stepmom was kind of cheating on my dad. And then it was like, oh, that's kind of like more interesting than the review itself. And then that's kind of, for me at least, how the being at the end of the pod for the dessert, that kind of is what it is now. Which is 10%, maybe 2% pop culture and then the rest <laughs> just like ridiculous stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I guess from from how it evolved, because essentially we're the same show as episode one. You know, it opens with kind of me and Max rapping. We have a guest that we talk to, and then you come on for the review. I wouldn't say that the format changed too much, but I think, I mean, I don't know. Do maybe we're more comfortable. Maybe we just know what we're doing. But I don't even know if that's true. You never really know what you're doing. Like we kind of just guessed, and I think we're still rolling like that. If I'm being honest, does that make sense? Yeah, I think we're getting better just through doing it as much i'm trying not to say like as much yeah that's a big thing for me and yeah home, but well i mean you know something like when we hosted the m&m's caramel lounge actually in here even though it looked vastly different for the mmvas that was three hours non-stop where you don't stop talking to people where you're constantly rolling because i think we were going live on the m&m's uh instagram and for me two years ago to just like talk for three hours straight and have random people in here or like you have Headley and then Nair Kells and the Tribe Called Red and I'm trying to sort of like you know be the point guard and make sure everybody gets the ball 
that would have been something I probably it wouldn't have been as easy to do two years ago. Whereas I didn't feel flustered at all. It was just kind of like if, if anything, it was more exciting. I like doing that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Well, I feel like for for me observing you, you've always been the guy doing that. If we're ever going out, just on camera, I guess it's a different beast. Right. Right. No, that's a good point. I guess we hang out together mm-hmm. sometimes. Spenny. I wonder if you had any words of wisdom on how you got to where you are as far as being a creative producer. Yeah, okay, so Shane and I, if you don't know us and you're tuning in, we uh, host a podcast called the Micah Much Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Google, YouTube, much.com. Uh, but our, that's kind of, we do this on the side. This is something we do for fun with our other friend Max who sings in our Kells, but most of you that are watching probably uh, or maybe listen to us. So our day jobs, and if you listen to the pod, you know this. We're uh, like writer producers for basically like an like an agency here at Bell Media. So we write and direct commercials. Um, I would say that everybody's path's different. Like I got, I entered a contest when I was like basically out of high school, like nineteen, turning twenty. Got in, did not win the contest, but when I was here in the building, I like busted my ass, just sort of like hanging around asking every floor director what they did asking a producer what they did asking like you know anybody that was kind of doing something creative I just wanted to know how it worked so I tried to stay present but not be too annoying but sort of show my enthusiasm sent back home because I didn't win but it was a VJ search it was a VJ search contest and essentially by the time like I'd been gone for three months but I'd made enough of an impression that people were like do you want to come back and fetch coffee for four hours a day four days a week whatever it was and I was like yes so that's a weird path because it's kind of hard or random to win a contest but I would say that the only advice I have is like if you're creative like just do shit like just do shit all the time and it's like you're probably not going to get paid in the beginning and if you're good and you're like kind and people want to hang out with you and work with you it's like you'll get work I, I think that's been my experience like anyone I've ever worked with or people that have come in after me or under me it's like do I like that guy do they do good work that guy or girl do they do I like them and do they do good work and that's kind of the, the the key I think yeah you know everyone's path is different Mike and um, my path was the exact same as yours though I entered a contest <laughs> <laughs> very rare <laughs> two two bolts of lightning I entered a I entered VJ Mike kind of inspired me uh, to be honest because I always thought contests were rigged growing up and then when I saw I was never friends with Mike really in my teen years, but I was like best friends with his brother and uh, his brother was like, oh, my brother's in the VJ search. And I was like, holy shit, a guy I know from Hamilton is in this national contest. And at the time, much music was the biggest thing in anyone my age's life. Like you watched much from the second you got home from high school till whenever. So I started entering the VJ search. I'd I'd get into a section called close, but no cigars where you're (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're kind of in the contest, but you're not really. Then producers from Much started contacting me, saying they liked what I was doing. Then a guy from MTV contacted me, told me to enter a contest. I entered an, a contest that was for a company called S-Trip. And then I ended up winning that contest. It was kind of rigged, because they kind of let me know I was going to win it in advance. So it's kind of weird. Someone's going to sue now. Yeah, that, whatever. It's truth. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> and I did win. And then the second I won... The people at Much saw that I won, and then they said, I got an ultimatum from my now boss. He said, do you want a contest or a career? And I was kind of like, well, the contest lets me travel around the world for three months uh, and being a VJ. Can't I do both? Can't I just, like, once the contest over, hire me? And then he did not respond to that inquiry. 
And then I said, uh, what I meant to say was, <laughs> hire me. And then <laughs> I left the contest, which caused a big... It's controversy. Yeah, almost got sued for that. So what's your advice on how to succeed? Exactly what Mike said. In fact, I was just, oddly, mere coincidence, I was watching Conan's exit speech as he was unceremoniously um, removed from the Tonight Show we had for seven months. And he gave a very similar speech to that, how if you're kind and hardworking and you know have an ounce of creativity, good things will happen. And for, especially in Canada, I find if you're just nice and you're persistent, you'll make it. Yeah, I think so. And don't be cynical. And don't yeah. be cynical. Yes, it's easy to be cynical. Too. It is easy and to th- be to cynical. To me, that's all part of being nice, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the double Bs. Bachelor or basketball? We'll start with uh, basketball because I feel like Shade's got some some bachelor in him. Right. Uh, so Lava just wants to know your thoughts on NBA free agency these days. Whew. Okay, so very concisely, um, uh, if you don't watch or listen, I'm a huge uh, NBA fan, um, and all three of us are, are really big basketball fans, uh, but I probably consume it uh, to an unhealthy degree. But first, I'll start with uh, NBA free agency as a whole. Uh, it's been crazy. The fact that Paul George got traded to the OKC uh, Thunder is Nobody saw that coming. I, we brought my father out for belated Father's Day, which was the first day. It was like the, uh, July 1st, which is the first day of NBA free agency. And I always feel bad if I'm like I'm hanging out with anybody, whether it's like I'm having like dinner or a drink with my wife or I'm out with my dad because I'm tethered to my phone because shit is dropping all the time. So when Paul George got traded, my brother and I were like, this is insane. Nobody thought that was going to happen. The reason the NBA is so good, if I can say, is because crazy stuff happens all the time. It's become like an 11-month-a-year sport, meaning like the minute the finals end, that's when you start to get into like who's going to be drafted. LeVar Ball and Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was just in Summer League. He was actually phenomenal. He won the MVP of the league. Amazing passer. The NBA is always great. Raptors, uh, they re-signed Kyle. They re-signed Serge Ibaka. Um, I think for the fan base, some people were clamoring for them to sort of blow it up and tank. That being said, everybody in the East is tanking. You weren't going to be that bad. Uh, I like what they did. I'm ready to roll it back. I got like 10 games this year. I'm like a partial season ticket holder. So I'm down to see good basketball. Uh, So I like the Raptors free agent moves. I don't think they got necessarily better, but they definitely didn't get necessarily worse. So for me, uh, who suffered through like the last, you know, decade and a half of shitty Raptors basketball, this last four years has been magical and I'm happy to keep it going. How far are the Raptors going to go this year? I think they're going to make, it was depending on where they're seated, I like their chances to be the second or third best team in the East. Hmm. I think they could go to the Eastern Conference Finals if they don't see Cleveland. But LeBron's very unhappy in Cleveland right now. There's all these weird reports coming out. Uh, so who knows what's going on with that Cleveland team. There's the other reason I like that the Raptors rolled it back. I think LeBron's going to the Lakers next year. I think he's going west. He's got a house in Burbank. Um, so the Raptors and the East will be wide open next year, and I like our chances. So now let's get to a subject that I love, The Bachelorette. Well, I feel like I get slagged for liking uh, The Bachelor because maybe a lot of people aren't interested. But this year, I'm honestly not that into The Bachelorette. I'm not a fan of Rachel. And uh, the guys are more boring than in previous seasons. Like, there's, <laughs> I, like a, I like high drama. I like you like re- characters. I like, I like characters. Yeah. And this year, there's just... a. A lot of handsome guys who maybe are devoid of that interesting thing. They're, they're more normal than I'd like. Except for the last episode, there's a guy named Dean. And he's just this very handsome. He's extremely handsome. He's extremely nice. On the surface, he probably has a perfect life. But they did Hometowns recently. And that's where 
the bachelorette rachel she gets uh, it, it's narrowed down to the final four and she goes and meets their families etc and dean has this thing that he's hugely embarrassed of which is his father who has become it's like a kabuka luki laka I'm probably saying this wrong. Admittedly. Maybe. <laughs> but it's honestly close to that, what I'm saying. Okay. His dad's a sh- like a, a, a shaman or okay. something like that. All right. And he has a beard down to his belly button, and he's gone a little bit off off the rails. And it was just a fascinating episode to see that, one, Dean's life kind of went to shit after his mother died. His father went a little bit Oh, you know, got you. Different. So it comes from a, a bit of a, a damaged home. So in, in my eyes, Dean is obviously the next Bachelor. Because they always they need a guy who's super handsome, super likable, who has the most Instagram followers, which he does uh, at this point. In time. How many followers? He has, I believe, 190,000. All right. And the guy who wins it, which I believe is going to be Peter, the guy who wins it only has 160. And this guy's a hunk as well. But Dean seems to be the guy who would be the Bachelor. But... Reports are saying that he's uh, he's he's not ready for it, but I think that's a gimmick where they they've already have someone in line and then he's going to be the one after. All right. Anyways. Emma. Ooh, good question. Both both are the exact same. It's all on the characters. It's all on who it is. Mainly, it's the contestants. You have to get people who are good looking and a little bit crazy. And our new friend Gabby, who Gabby. the Gartel show, uh, wants to know if there's other reality shows you all watch. Oh, like I love uh, Vanderpump Rules. I think that's amazing. Again, it's all about the, the cast of characters. And I love Are You the One? Which one's that? That's where uh, people are trying to find love. So they put like 20 good looking, crazy people together. And they have science determined beforehand who their match is. And the whole show, they're trying to figure out who their scientific match is. And according to this science, it's supposed to be, like, deadly accurate. Of course it isn't. But so people will fall in love saying, you're my match. Then they go in this machine, and it says, not a match. And then these people kind of have to break up. Until they find their match? It's just jealousy trap after jealousy (laughs) trap after jealousy trap. Explain a jealousy trap for our, our viewers and listeners. A jealousy trap is when you're trying to intrigue someone else by acting like you like someone else. So if I was trying to make, if let's say I liked Max and I start coming on to you and flirting. Yeah. It's to get Max to come over to me. It's like a push-pull mechanism. You're setting a jealousy trap so then Max now is interested in you. Exactly. Right. Hypothetically speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Have you set jealousy traps uh, as of course. a single man? Of course. Right. What's the most effective way to do it? Just like a straight up flirt with somebody else? Do you, are you subtle? Uh, you always ignore the person you like. At least that's what I do. Or kind of just, you know, talk to uh, the friend who might not be as appealing and then just be chattering <laughs> with them all night. And then the, the girl is like, oh, well, I'm usually the one getting all the attention. Why is he clamoring towards this girl who usually doesn't get the attention? Before you know it, they're after you, man. Have you ever ignored a girl to the point where then she actually just was like, oh, he's not interested? Like, I've held out for years <laughs> and ended up with the girl. I remember. Um, I always, I tend to get what I want through sheer persistence. And that's what well, we're talking about TV too. It's hey. the same way. Stick with anything that you want. Uh, whether yeah. it's you're setting a jealousy trap or you're looking for a career, mm-hmm. stick with it. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. So thank you to everybody who's watched on uh, Facebook Live. 
here on Much's Facebook. Thank you to the people listening uh, back at home to the Michael Much podcast. Again, you can get us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, <laughs> much.com. We've had so many amazing guests. Uh, Edgar Wright, who directed Baby Driver. Uh, we've had Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We've Kings got- of Leon. Kings of Leon. Go back to the catalog. We have two years and 70 episodes of great stuff. Uh, Commander Chris Hadfield, the astronaut. Nick Carter, Backstreet Boy. Remember Scott Whalen when he was alive? He was around and he was on our pod. He's no longer with us. Uh, Frank D'Angelo, go listen to the saga. It spans like five episodes. Uh, but thank you all for watching. Shane, do you want to add anything? Uh, no. Okay, well, thanks so much. See you next week if we don't die on the weekend.